1: Badass of the Week is an iHeartRadio podcast produced by Hi5 Content. Happy New Year and welcome back to Badass of the Week. My name is Ben Thompson and with me as always is my co-host, Dr. Pat Larish. You may have noticed that this week we don't have one of those fun little intros for you that we usually do. That's because we're trying something a bit different that we want to take into the new year. Bonus episodes. These will be shorter episodes of things that maybe don't quite fit into an episode of Badass of the Week, fun little side things or little bits that we wanted to talk about that are a bit different from our usual standard episodes. These will generally air on Thursdays, and some weeks you'll have them, some weeks you won't. It depends on uh, our recording schedule. But um, (laughs) we're going to try to get as many of these out as we can because we think they're going to be fun things that we want to talk about Uh, and just kind of little bits of Uh, fun information and fun history stuff that we wanted to share. But this week, we wanted to give you a bit of a preview of what that might look like. So please take a listen to this. And please do also try to like and subscribe and tell your friends about our show, because it really does help us out. And if you have any ideas for future bonus episodes or badasses we can talk about, please feel free to email us on our website. The link is at badassoftheweek.com. Um we'd love to hear from you guys and we are happy to talk about some things that you guys might think would be interesting. Please don't hesitate to contact us. Anyway, here's the bonus episode we worked on and we really hope you guys are going to like it. Thanks so much and we're looking forward to doing a lot of really cool new stuff for you in the new year.
0: So, what's your topic for today, Ben?
1: Uh well, I am going to be talking about, you know, one of the things that I think is is really interesting. People always say like, you know, I run into people who say, oh, I, "I never really liked history." And I always kind of think that's, that's wrong because everything has a history. Everything that you care about, there's a history there, whether it's cars or, or fashion or food or anything you like, music, right? Whatever music you like, that that person had influences and that goes back and goes back and goes back. And you can trace a lot of this stuff back to history. And one of the things that, um, that, uh, that I personally really enjoy is the history of sports and games and things like that. Uh, I don't... fun. Yeah, I don't really talk a lot about it uh, on the show and things because not everybody follows sports and not everybody plays games, so I don't really want to, you know, I want to keep the stories more history-based. But today I want to tell two really fun stories pretty quickly uh, about the histories of various sports and games, and they are both related to Spain. (laughs) all right so the first one uh, this is a story that i had heard a long time ago first i'm going to tell it the way that i heard it and then we'll get into it it turns out it didn't exactly happen the way that i heard it but uh but we'll get into it so here's
0: yeah. tell us the story yeah
1: here's the story the way i heard it yeah okay it is 1475 and Isabella of Castile, she is the queen of Spain. And she's a tough lady, right? She is she is no nonsense. She's co-ruler with Ferdinand. This is the Ferdinand and Isabella, the ones who sent uh-huh. Christopher Columbus out. They created the Spanish Inquisition. They did their Reconquista. Yeah, They're yeah. not to be messed with.
0: And the co-ruler thing, that's kind of unusual, right?
1: It's super unusual, right? She is, yeah. she is the most powerful woman in Europe by a awesome. long stretch here. And she has personally led armies. She personally accepted the surrender of the Emir of Granada to end the Reconquista. She's there on the battlefield to like accept the surrender of the enemy commander. Um, she's, She's for real. So anyway, the way I've heard this story is that there was a guy who brought chess to Spain and he had been traveling in Persia and he learned the game of chess and he came to Isabella's court and he was going to present this new game to Spain. And Isabella sits there and he's trying to go through it. Ferdinand, for whatever reason, he can't make it into court that day. He's he's not feeling good. Uh He stays home or he's just off doing kingly things. things. Yes, fighting a war or hunting for pheasants or whatever. Anyway, Isabella's so in there.
0: Isabella and this guy. Right.
1: And the guy comes in and he's like, oh, I heard about this awesome new game. It's called chess. You're going to love it pretty soon. Everybody's going to be playing it. Here's how it works. Pulls out the chessboard. He starts showing her all the things. He's like, this is the king. The king's awesome. He moves all over the place. He can move any direction. He can kill anything. Uh, and then this is the queen. She moves one space in any direction. Uh, and if she gets captured, you lose. Hmm. And, and Isabella's like, so the, uh, the queen is the the weakest piece on the board and then the guy's like oh no uh, no sorry i got that mixed up actually the the queen's the strongest one that's the one that can move all over the place i'm wrong you can't lose the if the king gets captured then you lose your your kingdom's over so the queen's the one that goes out and wins all the battles and then she liked Uh it and that's how chess got picked up turns out that story is not true, but I liked it. Oh, it's a great story, though. I I believed that story up until uh, about two days ago when I started researching this (laughs) for this podcast. (laughs) I I had every intention of that story being true, and I was going to find the guy's name, but it turns out it's not. Uh, I was reading a really good book about it. Uh, Marilyn Yalom Yalom does a book called um, The Birth of the Chess Queen. She wrote it in 2004. And it turns out the story is not that far off from reality. They they actually had chess in Spain starting around 700. The Moors brought it with them during the Moorish conquests of that time period when they were attacking Spain and the Moors took over big portions of Spain. They brought chess with them. They had it from the Persians who um, who themselves learned it from India. So it's believed that chess originally came from India. There was a game called Chaturanga. Uh, and it, I
0: mean, it sounds like a yoga pose, like plank
1: pose. It's probably not far off. <laughs> okay. Let's talk about Isabella for a second. Isabella was born in 1451. And at that time, Spain is not Spain as we know it. It's a bunch of little kingdoms. They're all fighting each other, all fighting the Muslims who have come in from the Moorish conquest. And her father was the head of the Kingdom of Castile, which is one of these kingdoms. Her mom Mm -hmm. was this guy's second wife. She was some kind of Portuguese princess or something. When Isabella was a child her dad died and left the kingdom to her half-brother Henry who we know in history and I'm not making this up as Henry the impotent um it was it, should I just
0: sort of apologize to all listeners named Henry
1: yeah uh, yeah <laughs> I think so I mean. <laughs>
0: History's harsh. History, history gives you harsh nicknames.
1: He claims... Well, I think Isabella might have given him the harsh nickname. There's some speculation oh, that she made this up. Okay. He told people okay. that it was a yeah, witch's yeah. curse that made it impossible for him. But she, the entire thing okay. might have been completely fabricated by Isabella and her peeps. Oh, anyway. Yes.
0: Anyway, Henry, her half-brother.
1: Right. But he's the firstborn son. So when her dad dies, Henry gets the kingdom. And um, he ships her off in the middle of nowhere. And she kind of has to live in... And whatever, poverty for a princess, but she's kind of shipped off yeah, to the fringes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then when she's starting to gain some supporters there, he brings her back to the palace uh, to put her under house arrest. She has to sit there and watch Henry spend all of the money that he inherited and run the kingdom into the ground. Um,
0: oh, no.
1: Yeah, it's not, he's, not, he's not doing great. If he was an awesome king, he probably would have had a better nickname as as he was remembered by history. <laughs> Henry the Awesome. Henry the Awesome. Henry the Great. You know, there's a lot of options here other than Uh than what he ended up getting. Mm -hmm.
0: Henry the Mildly Okay, as opposed to... Yeah, Henry the
1: Passable. Henry the Mediocre. Yeah.
0: (laughs) 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 anyway, Henry. So
1: anyway, she makes a deal with him, like, don't marry me off to some idiot without my permission. And then he immediately tries to marry her off to some Austrian guy. So she sneaks out of the royal palace, travels alone, goes down the river, goes to the next kingdom over and marries uh, Ferdinand, who was the prince of Aragon, which is one of these nearby kingdoms. Cool. Uh Now she has an, uh, an alliance with a powerful other Spanish king. Henry dies in 1474, but instead of leaving the kingdom to Isabella, as he had promised he would, he leaves it to his other sister, Juana, instead. So Isabella raises an army, joins with Ferdinand's, they beat up his supporters, the Portuguese jump in because they want to help Juana, they marry the king of Portugal off to Juana, and they invade, she defeats them in battle, and then finally we have Ferdinand and Isabella, two two rulers of separate kingdoms but they are married now and they are in an alliance and it is still the kingdoms of Aragon and Castile and they are the rulers of them but they are married and they don't actually unify Spain until uh I think their their grandchildren end up finally unifying Spain for real under one oh, kingdom.
0: Okay. So that's how it works. So instead of Ferdinand and Isabella collectively ruling Castile and Aragon, she rules Castile, he rules Aragon, and they just sort of do this in parallel.
1: Right. So, you know, she fixes a national debt. She brings in a huge treasury. She gets the guys who invented the printing press, brings them here from Germany so that they can print books and make a library. She just says that, like, vigilanteism is legal now and i'll pay you uh, if you start okay. beating up criminals <laughs> and solve our crime problems we'll give you money okay okay yeah okay. questionable
0: okay that that could go in any of a number of
1: different directions yeah i mean we're going to talk some questionable decisions here reconquista <laughs> questionable spanish inquisition questionable commissioning yeah. christopher columbus questionable i mean she got shit done i guess yeah yeah <laughs> at the end of the day yeah. She sends 12 different expeditions out. She sends Ponce de Leon out. Spain goes mm-hmm. from being this fractured set of kingdoms with, with Moors in the area to becoming mm-hmm. basically the dominant world power. And she is the ruler of it, which is pretty cool. And Apparently, Ferdinand was not quite as helpful as you'd think because he spent, according to one of Isabella's assistants, Ferdinand spent too much time playing chess all day.
0: Oh, which is ironic. (laughs) Yes.
1: So the oldest book that we have in Europe about chess is from 1497. And that is the first time we see the queen is the piece that can move all over the map and dominate everything. It's the most powerful piece on the board. So the piece was called the Dhamma. And according to Marilyn Yalom in The Birth of the Chess Queen, that word would have had uh, three different types of meanings to the people who were playing chess in 1497. One would be like the lady, like the lady of the house. One would be Mm -hmm. a religious sense, like our lady of, you know, Santa Margarita. And the other would be like our lady as in like our queen, meaning Isabella of Castile. And that is the birth of the chess queen. And that is how Isabella of Castile changed the game of chess. And we still play it that way a thousand years later. 600 years later. Um, Cool. Another weird fact about, here's just one more like random fact about mm-hmm. Isabella of Castile that I'm going to get out before uh, we cut to a quick commercial break. Um, Isabella of Castile is the first woman to ever appear on a U.S. postage stamp. Really? Yeah, isn't that weird?
0: What, what were the circumstances or what was the pretext for putting her on?
1: I, I don't know. I imagine okay. commissioning Columbus.
0: Wow, fascinating.
1: Yeah. All right. We'll be back with a different story involving sports in Spain right
2: after this. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect.
1: Okay, welcome back. Uh, I am going to tell one more quick story about sports in Spain and how history has influenced the the, the modern world uh, and the modern world of sports. So, when I was in Barcelona last year, uh, I went to Montjuic Castle, which is this big castle that overlooks Barcelona. And you know, when you look at Barcelona, it's like, oh, this was probably to defend the harbor, but in reality, uh, it was to enforce uh madrid's rule over barcelona that that fort was built there to Uh, shoot at barcelona if they got if they were uh causing trouble like a
0: garrison or something or an outpost or a hmm,
1: there is a great looking at you yes there is a great quotation stenciled in one of the gun cases at the in the museum there at Mm majui and it's attributed to a general espartero and it says Barcelona should be bombed every fifty years. <laughs> what?
3: <laughs> the what?
1: Spanish general talking about this, and when, uh, when it was part of Spain, but okay, yeah. is in Catalonia. Yeah. We had just talked about some of these yeah. other little kingdoms. Catalonia was mm-hmm. was one of them, and the, and there are people there that speak Catalan. Uh, so, I mean, when you go to menus, like the, when you go to Barcelona, like the menu, the front side of the menu is in Spanish, and the back side is in catalan and in the spanish i think they call it like madrid language or whatever (laughs) madrid and barcelona are are totally different and totally different cultures and everything
0: and the two languages are related but they're very clearly different you know in spanish if you want to say the cats you say los gatos but if you want to say the cats in catalan you say els gats
1: oh interesting yeah because you could see like i was doing some comparison on the menu and like the words are different enough
0: yeah, it helps me out when I'm playing GeoGuessr, and it's something like, okay, we're clearly in Spain somewhere, but oh, okay, yeah, you look at the street signs, yeah, 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 okay, yeah, we're in Catalonia. <laughs> you click on Barcelona.
1: Anyway. Nice.
0: Anyway. We're here to talk about a different game, which is soccer.
1: Yes. So we're going to talk about soccer. So the two most valuable sports franchises in the world right now in, in soccer are Real Madrid, it's worth $6 billion, and FC Barcelona wow. is worth $5.5 billion. You have these great rivalries. These are two teams that everybody knows. They're always competing for mm-hmm. Champions League stuff. You have these great rivalries with Ronaldo and, and Messi and Neymar and all of this stuff. And it's easy coming from the U.S. Uh, not to realize how much history there is here you, you know these guys played their first game in 1902 so you think okay there's gonna be you know it's been 120 years like there's gonna be some rivalries that have arisen these guys of course are gonna hate each other because they've been playing forever
0: so this is like red Sox yankees level rivalry or that's what people assume it is
1: yeah but it, it's actually it's way deeper than that so you know the, the catalans and the madrid people they they haven't gotten along forever. But things really kind of blew up literally in 1936 when uh, Francisco Franco led a coup and became like the fascist dictator of Spain. Uh, This started the Spanish Civil War and the fascists, they were headquartered in Madrid. And the communists that went to war with them, well, you know, you want to guess where they were, where they were based?
0: Does it rhyme with Schmarcelona?
1: It does. (laughs) So the Spanish Civil War is going. You've got the communists. They get help from the USSR. And then the fascists, they get help from the Nazis and the Italians. They have this huge war. It lasts two and a half years. Um, The technology is kind of proto-World War II. You're going to see a lot of stuff Mm -hmm. happening here that is happening in 1939 and 1940, the early years of the war. Half a million people die during the fighting, George Orwell, who volunteered with the the communist forces, he gets shot in the face, but he lives, and then he the ends Nineteen
0: eighty four up... guy. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. So wow. Okay. So there were, shall we say, tensions.
1: Yes, there are tensions. So the Spanish Civil War ends with Franco and the fascists winning, which um, they don't actually end up joining World War II. They stay neutral throughout World War II. So Franco continues to be the ruler of Spain, even though he's a fascist dictator. He's never overthrown because he never declared war on and never joined World War II, which is kind of an interesting thing uh-huh. about him. Um, so, But sports continues, right? This is people want to be entertained. They want to go to a sports event. So they they watch sports and they go to these games and the barcelona soccer team they wear red and they were the communists Uh, in the war and they start winning spanish championships in sports and uh that is not okay (laughs) with with the fascist dictator and his buddies yeah yeah so there's a guy named Santiago Bernabeu. He was the former captain of Real Madrid, which was just kind of a, a smaller soccer club starting in 1902. They were never really the huge power that they would become. Mm-hmm. He becomes the chairman of Real Madrid in 1943. He was, Bernabeu was, he played for Madrid. He fought for... For Franco in the war on the side of the fascists. And then after the war, he starts getting his other guys together. He's like, we can't let this happen. He starts starts getting guys <laughs> together, starts putting money into no. this, starts getting donations from people who would like to see Madrid beat Barcelona because it's better for the Republic if they do. And then they meet at the first Generalissimo's Cup. They recently renamed it. It was called something else before that, but it, now, that the, okay. now that it's Franco, it's the Generalissimo's Cup. Of course, yeah. So the way that these guys, games work for people who aren't really familiar with european soccer is that uh you play two games uh so that no team gets home field advantage you play one game Ah. away and one game home and you add the scores together Mm -hmm. and then that's who wins the series okay cool so barca is at home and they win three nothing in the first leg of this of this game and This guy, Bernabeu and Real Madrid, they're mad about it because they feel like, you know, they're in Barcelona. It's these Barcelona refs. They're not calling anything. Mm -hmm. The the game is biased against Madrid. And all of these guys are anti-government and seditious and communists. And the world is against Mm -hmm. us. Okay. So... The second leg happens in Madrid and all of these fans show up and they're throwing stuff on the field. They're screaming and yelling at the players for the Ooh. Barcelona team. They're throwing bottles uh-huh. and coins and, you know, beer caps and rocks and whatever oh. they can get their hands on onto the field, oh. screaming and yelling. Um, and yeah. it's like it's gonna be like an actual war <laughs> like it seems like there might yeah. be a war yeah yeah um madrid wins yeah. 11 to one it's a blowout 11
4: to one yeah
1: because Barca is just like I'm out like i don't want any yeah. part of this i don't want to get i don't want yeah. to die for this game right um yeah not worth getting him
0: bottle cap in your eye or whatever
1: right exactly uh plus i think the calls were probably going against him too i don't know i wasn't there yeah
0: so one way or another um madrid wins yes
1: and so this bernabeo guy he decides like i'm gonna make this the best team in europe he builds the biggest stadium in europe probably with a little bit of help from his buddy Franco. Um, he oh, creates yeah. the European Cup, which is what we now know today as the Champions League, so that the winners of every league can all play each other to see who's the best in Europe. So Barcelona and Madrid, from that point on, they're winning all these titles. Madrid wins 14 league titles. Barcelona wins eight. Madrid wins the first five Champions Leagues or European Cups uh, of finals. Mm-hmm. And then the fans start getting into this, right? This is once a year we get to fight that civil war again right the madrid team wears <laughs> yes. white which is what the fascists wore on their flag mm-hmm. the barcelona team wears red this is oh, catalan yeah. versus spanish this is the communists versus the fascists. this is the rebels versus the empire um and there's fighting and there's you know people are are spending money on gear to support these teams and giving money to the team so they'll buy better players uh-huh. so they'll win, right? Uh-huh. And and yeah. some of the Spanish authorities are changing the rules of soccer based on how their team's going to perform. Oh, our team is bigger and slower, so let's shrink the field this year. <laughs> like uh-huh. That kind of stuff is happening. And so there's this crazy rabid support to the point where, like, Franco dies in 1975 and Spain moves over to become a democracy but this stuff doesn't die. That
0: was almost half a century ago.
1: Yeah, Barcelona needs to be bombed every 50 years, right? That doesn't, that sign of sentiment doesn't go away. And these guys hate each other and (laughs) and that manifests today and that they are the two of like the most famous and well-known and richest soccer clubs in the world. And it's all, it's all history.
0: and now we know it's driving them. Yes, exactly.
1: Anyway, I thought that was all. I thought that was cool. I thought it was fun to kind of know the weird history behind some of this stuff. And as a bonus episode goes, I think that it's a pretty mm-hmm. good start. Um, we're going to do some more of these in the future. If you guys do like what you're hearing, then please do subscribe to our podcast. Subscribe to our show. Please leave us a review, share it, uh, you know, t- tell your friends about it. All that stuff really helps us out. We want to keep making these, um, but we can only do that with support from you guys so yes uh thank you so much for listening and Pat, thanks for listening to me tell my little silly yeah. stories <laughs> yes yeah bring on
4: <laughs> and hey everyone stay badass badass of the week is an iheart radio podcast produced by high five content executive producers are andrew jacobs me pat larish and my co-host ben thompson writing is by me and ben Story editing is by Ian Jacobs, Brandon Fibbs. Mixing and music and sound design is by Jude Brewer. Special thanks to Noel Brown at iHeart. Badass of the Week is based on the website badassoftheweek.com, where you can read all sorts of stories about other badasses. If you want to reach out with questions, ideas, you can email us at badasspodcast at badassoftheweek.com. If you like the podcast, subscribe, follow, listen, and tell your friends and your enemies if you want, as we'll be back next week with another one. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. right rug flooring
2: awards watch says liam neeson is at his best don't miss in the land of saints and sinners